You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always are my co-hosts, Jay from the hills of Texas. And Mike from the wilderness of Alaska. That's stupid. I don't want to say <laughs> hey, that. Hey, I know. I like that. Wilderness of Alaska. <laughs> yeah, you maybe. Know, it works. Uh, you know, it took Jay about three or four times to come up with something. So, yeah. You know, what can I say? I'm from okay. Alaska. Well, uh, That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when it starts thawing out, maybe you'll, you'll find something that, yeah. that works. How's it going, everybody? I'm having a good time. Yeah, you're back uh, in Alaska from your uh, visit to California, right? Yeah, I had a good time down there. You didn't get burned up or anything? It is it is weird to not have any snow on the ground on Christmas Day. I mean, you kind of look around and there's brown everywhere. You're like, is it Christmas? Oh, yeah, the tree's right there, so we're good. We're good. We got Christmas. <laughs> yeah, a palm tree. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, actually a pine tree. I wouldn't say it was a real one, but it was a pine tree. <laughs> you, you, I thought you were celebrating Festivus, so you had like a aluminum pole. No, that was on the twenty third. That's the twenty third, oh, so right. you can it's celebrate 23rd. Festivus before. So I can. I'm a dual, you know, celebrator. <laughs> dual that's, celebrator. That's what, yeah. like, that's what I like about that's it. He takes it. Funny. He takes it all in for every, every everybody. Yeah. I'm an yeah. opportunistic, yeah, uh, a holiday, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, opportunistic uh, holiday supporter. Is that what you're saying? I, whatever. I could come up with good words. Yeah, there you go. Our Tonight, our episode is uh, basically we sent Mike out on a roving reporter. Uh, technically, he went down and visited his sister. But uh, understand you visited some sites down in, uh, where was it? Simi Valley, right? Simi Valley, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simi Valley. Which also okay. included Thousand Oaks. Let's see. Where was the other site? I don't remember the name of the other site. I'm sorry. An old site down there. It's been there for 60-some-odd years. The number of oh. the the number of the AMA um their AMA number is like three digits. Wow! Oh, wow! That has okay. been there like one fifty two or something like that. Huh? That's the first uh, first club in California, maybe. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's the case. But I mean, it's been there a long time. You uh, you're back now, but you can kind of uh, you met some interesting people, and you said you were taking an airplane uh, down there. Did you get to fly at all? I ended up taking my uh, Nano. Jay tricked me into buying. Some time ago, <laughs> and I'm happy that he did because now it's not doesn't cost me uh, you know twenty five dollars a flight. Now it's down to you know more like ten because I've flown. Oh, there it, you go. I've, I've flown it for quite a few times. I had planned to go to one of the clubs down there, and we just couldn't hook up. I think that's probably going to be a challenge as we do more of this stuff. Is just getting time together. One of the things I forgot was while I was down there. Five o'clock at night is dark. It's dark here at five <laughs> o'clock at night too, but I was off, right? So for me, I was like, let's just get together. But people will work. I was on vacation and they weren't. So we just had a tough time hooking up with the different things. So what I forced my sister to drive me around, go look at the sites that I was going to be meeting people with beforehand to just get a, a sense of the site so that when I had a chance to go – and take myself there that I would know how to get there and right. whatever. Right, so you got to lay of the land and right. figure everything exactly. out beforehand. All right. Good. So 
um, unfortunately, I don't have the names of the sites written on the pictures that I'm going to look at, but one of them was, I think, the Caneo Valley Flyers. It's back in this canyon. So you go off the highway and you go on this dirt road. My sister's driving me up there. She's she's a little skittish about driving on dirt road because she doesn't like her car getting dirty, et cetera, that sort of thing. But it's true Californian, right? (laughs) But she drives on the road. She doesn't drive on the dirt road. She drives on the road. So we're driving along and I'm I'm like, it's going to be okay. You know, it's not a bad deal. All of a sudden, this big ass dump truck comes pulling up with (laughs) dirt that's piled really high. She's like, what about that truck? We had to navigate a little bit of the work that they were doing. And of course, the dirt road is big enough for a dump truck and that's it. Right, right. So we were like, I was like, okay, well, you're going to have to go a little fast because there's a dump truck coming. So if you don't get off this road, <laughs> you're going to have to go toward the cliff and you're not going to like that either. And so it's really kind of <laughs> a fun bonding moment for me and my sister. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't worried about you just taking her into the back somewhere you yeah know, like she didn't know it's like like where, do you have a gun with you mike what's going on you know yes exactly she's afraid she was going to come back all kidding aside drove further in it's a beautiful sight it's laid up against a mountain from what i could tell when you're flying the sun wouldn't bother you because it'd be hitting the mountain instead there was some breeze back in there so i imagine because there there was sort of a canyon I didn't send you guys all the pictures, but it's sort of a canyon sort of site, but it's paved, very nice. And so you would fly off that. I didn't I didn't fly there because when we got there, there was nobody there. I was hoping to go and then right. maybe run into people. But, of course, it's the middle of the day, right? So unless right. A, a retired person is going to show up, there wasn't going to be anybody there. We hung around for a little bit, and she's like, you sure you don't want to fly? It's like, it was a little windy. It was a little windier than I wanted to fly. I didn't want to crash what? my nano at the what? first time. I, I don't through. believe I heard <laughs> it was a little did, windy for you, Alaska. Well, Mike? if I had my wing, I would be like, oh, "Yeah, we're gosh. on it." Yeah, exactly, and I'd be up in the air with the nano. I was unclear how well it would fly in the more windy conditions. Turns out, it flies great in five to ten mile an hour winds. Uh, that was just me being nervous. It was the first time, and nobody was there. You know, I, I'd rather share my experience of crashing my plane than doing it on by my own. That, that's the way I feel. Well, and we don't have a crowds of hundreds. <laughs> yeah, and we don't want to get a bad rep if we're just showing up at people's clubs and going flying. I mean, it's bad enough we do that already at the mall, you know, or the Walmart parking lot. There you yeah, go. If somebody has a sanctioned club. How, even how do we get this dividend in our field? <laughs> There's a big yeah, exactly. out there. What happened? We all are AMA members. I mean, right. So, so we we are allowed to fly at AMA sanctioned clubs, but it is proper procedure to call up someone and say hey you know you mind if i come fly and, and i did do that and i did do that so it's not like i just snuck, snuck my way around but i i mean i was clearing it with the club members before i did that so so good gotcha. point that was a really nice site but i didn't get to meet anybody from the club so i don't really have much information about it or really much to share about that particular site but it was a nice site had a paved runway how many stations did it have i would say four okay they weren't like circles on the ground they were actual stations. Well, well, they have uh, most of the sites that I went to had like pilot sections where they, you know, like they had a fencing around a where a place a guy would stand. Mm-hmm. And I'm not used to that because the site we have doesn't have that. It just has run benches in the back, and then you walk up to the flight line, and it doesn't have a really a place where you can stand. Everybody just knows to stand not too close to the next guy and whatever, and then that you're paying attention to what they're doing if you're on the line flying because you don't want to get hit. 
Well, it is the Wild West in Alaska, so it's kind of a free-for-all out there. It's not as organized as down here is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. At the same time, I think that in Alaska, that's just because we haven't yet got to the point where we put the gear up. Because if you remember, we talked about this before, we just got it uh, paved. Right. So we really haven't done all the things that we, we should be doing there or have done in the past. And there is a separator fence. I don't know. It's not really a fence. It's that plastic. I don't grid know what you call it. It's type stuff you thing with holes. Yeah, yeah, grid. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, that makes so sense. So at that point, since I couldn't get with those guys, I was like, well, dang, I, I wanted to meet with people and talk to people. <laughs> Just show up so I started getting on. I got online and started, started looking around. I was like, where are the other clubs at and what's going on? Because I was in Simi Valley, I reached out to the Simi Valley uh, guys. Makes sense. Guy I talked to, you know, couldn't get free. He, he had wanted to. We had made plans to and then something happened but he then said you know what this guy our treasurer will be around and it's ron and a, another guy were were there helping me on their site so what happened is i i went there with my sister beforehand to see where it was it's actually in a park so there's this park simi valley park now we go back there my sister goes like i didn't even know this park was here like a city park and so yeah, like a park, like a city park. <laughs> and exactly. She, and she's been there how long? <laughs> uh, like for a long time. Not much. For a long time. Two weeks. <laughs> but she just doesn't go to this place. Uh-huh. We're like, okay, well, we're, it's got to be around here somewhere. And, of course, it's another dirt road. Oh, boy. Oh, right, like, right. I think you just go up this dirt road. She's like, I'm not taking my car up there. I just watched it from the last so we end up walking. you had. You know, now you want to take her over Yeah. There. So we walked a little bit up there, and then we found that there was a gate, right. and that gate was shut. So I said, all right, well, this is where you would go. It's open. You would go this way. And clearly nobody was there because the gate was locked. I called the treasurer. I talked to him and said, hey, um, I'd like to meet with you guys. Can You want to meet tomorrow morning? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. And we sat down and just two of us, uh, three of us, were sitting there hanging out. This is another beautiful site. It's right off of the highway. Uh, one of the things I liked about it is right away was there were American flags along one side of the Park. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I mean, this, this is America. America. And we got American flags. That's awesome. And it turns out that is the farthest as you can fly indicators. Oh. <laughs> but they just put them on. They just, that's the limit. They put American huh? flags. And these aren't small flags either. They're pretty big sized right. flags. So they put them up there to mark the border. Because if you go any further than that, you're flying over the highway. Oh, so you're oh, not flying nice. in Mexico. Yeah, we weren't not, that close to, to that border. Over the border. So. <laughs> No. Okay, that makes sense. So we go to this site, and that is, again, another beautiful site. It has a really nice view. Now, Jay, this is when I was kind of like, oh, man, how can I break down my Phoenix 2000 so it'll fit in my suitcase? Oh, right. You had mentioned something about that with, for the glider. For yeah, doing. you did. I would have loved to have my Phoenix 2000 at this site because we're above everything for the most part. You have the highway, which is going to definitely generate – some sure. thermals. And then the way the site is built, it actually has fall-offs on three sides. Fall so whichever way the wind's blowing, a fall-off, you know, like uh, it goes flat oh, and oh, it oh, falls yes, down sure, off into the cliff. So whichever way the wind's blowing, you're going to get some uplift from it, right. from right. the edge. And pointing to those guys, you could soar the ridge that they have, the oh, little nice. ridge that they have there as well as flight. But even with the Talon, which is maybe a 24-inch wing or a 27-inch wing, I was able to stay in the air aloft 
from thermals that were there. Oh, really? Wow. Nice. It was very, very cool. And I think there were some buzzards or hawks flying around, some birds with pretty big wings. So I'd try to go where they were so I could catch that. You know, I didn't want to get attacked by them, but I wanted to try to catch some thermals. I could see having my Phoenix 2000 there grabbing a chair and just kicking back and flying for a long, nice. long time. Wow. And that's the, and the, the weather was so nice. Again, Simi, that's the Simi Valley Flyers? Simi Valley Flyers, Valley Flyers. If, I, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. That was really great. We had a, a, a fantastic time. The guys that I was flying with flew mostly gassers, uh, but they said it was okay that I had electric, <laughs> so they let me fly. We'll allow you to come uh, on over. Normally we, we do electric. But, uh, yeah, they were like, we won't, we won't be <laughs> mad at you. And they were it was very gracious of them. Both of them uh, were, were engineers prior in prior lives. At least one of them for, I think, Northrop Grumman and the other guy for a similar right. type outfit. And so that was kind of cool too because they get to talking about whatever they were working on or – you know the spads, Jay, that we flew that had the aluminum channel for yes. the body? That, so these guys had the downspout bodies, you know, the bigger plastic Oh, for uh, uh, that you would use yeah, for yeah, downspout. Yeah. That's a bigger version of that same spad. They didn't use them for combat. They were just building them and they were using gas engines on these. And man, one, the plane he built, it was just beautiful. It's hard to imagine that you could have a core plast plane that looked beautiful. He did such a nice job putting the plane together. I sent a picture to you guys, I think, oh, of yeah, that we'll plane. Oh, yeah, we'll put that on the site for sure. And he did, yeah. He did such a nice job of putting that plane together. It was so beautiful, and it flew so nice. It was like the thing just floated along, and it was, it was great. It was great watching it. Well, watching well, it so go. what was the wingspan? What would you estimate? It's probably uh, it's probably good three feet, easy. Wow. Most of the speds I know, you, you usually you know you're trying to dogfight with them or you know cut ribbons with them or or do something like that. So was this more of a easy flyer type or was it a glider type? Uh, you said it had gas engine on it. I I think I think he he could or would use it to fight <laughs> with, but it just wasn't what he built it gotcha. for. He wouldn't fly it in that environment, but it was definitely had the motor for it. Just watching him fly it around, it was. It behaved beautifully, and it was just a well-done plane. Very well. I would imagine if he put all that time and energy and effort into it, he wouldn't want to be, like, dogfighting it or trying to crash it into another airplane. Yeah, I mean, this was a real effort on his part to put one of these together. I think he mentioned he didn't have a plan. He was just going off of, you know, what he had seen. But he knew kind of how big he wanted it, and he knew the motor he had. You know, he knew all the – as an engineering guy, he had all the stuff figured out how heavy it could be and, you know, how big the wingspan needed to be for loading, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes, that, sometimes those are the best projects, you know, when you just kind of start out and you're like, I have an idea in my head, and then you kind of put it all together. One of the magazines I just read, I think I sent some stuff to Jay, was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he built the uh, 13-foot SR-71. Remember that? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and but it took yeah, him like it three years amazing. or something? something yeah, crazy? it took him four, four. It took him four years to build, and he bought all this equipment to build it. It actually won all kinds of awards at one of the last jet rallies. That was what he said, is that he started with this idea, this concept, and the more he worked into it, the more detailed he became, the more product that he got to, to be able to make it. And it just it turned out beautifully when it was all said. Yeah, done. didn't he, like, so, mill out yeah, his I own totally gear? I mean, he started out, he got he yes, bought he gear, did. and he's like, eh, that doesn't look right. Yeah. Eh. Well, how hard could it be to yeah. make a strut, you know? Next thing you know, he gets a milling machine <laughs> and starts, you know, making his own struts, some crazy That's crap exactly like that. That's exactly right. 
Yep, made his own struts, his own uh, rubber tires. It, it's a great article. I think it's in uh, the last RC magazine. I can't even think of the name of it. Yeah, I was reading it uh, on one of my layovers, and I sent it to Jay. Uh, it was pretty amazing aircraft. So I, I found the guy's names. Ron Scott is one of the guys I talked with. And then the treasurer's name is Bob. I, I'm going to pronounce it wrong probably. Fricky, F-R-I-C-K-E. But I'm pretty sure he pronounced it Fricky. They were just tremendously great guys. Both retired. Ron, if I'm if I get the names, I might get them mixed up. But one of the guys, and I believe it was Ron, he actually spends his time traveling to different sites to fly. Hey, that sounds a lot like you. <laughs> but I mean, like he does it. He just like, has a bigger budget. Like re- regularly. Oh, somebody's yeah. about to lose he their job. He said he's, <laughs> We're going to have to hire said, somebody else. He said he had something like. That's right. Bob, he said he email us. We've like, got a staff position for you now that Mike's going to get fired because uh, he can't remember anybody's name or the places where he went. <laughs> Ron Scott has about, about 174 or so, he said, planes. 174 airplanes. I mean, like a huge number. I was like, are you married? No. Uh, okay, I need that. Okay, there you go. No wonder. Uh, that's, uh, that's classic. But he said he has a, a fifth wheel or something, and he pulls a trailer, and, and he goes and camps at places. And he said all the people are always very nice, and, and he has a great time. And you're right. We probably should get him to talk with people and, and do some roving reporter stuff. I mean, I, I bet he probably would. Yeah, that would be but awesome both to of the, have him on, uh, you know. Talk about some of the places. Both of those guys were very nice. One of the things I liked about the Simi Valley site, and Jay, Jay pointed it out when I was sending pictures to you guys, it had a nice bench. Mm-hmm. You go put your plane on the tarmac there, and then you go sit down at the bench, and then you go take off. Nothing better than flying RC back while and, you're sitting around. Yeah, you're just kind of sitting around flying your plane, and uh, Bob and I sat next to each other and just flying around. You know, Bob, do you have a problem if I'm flying? Oh, no, just it's all good. We, we fly as many. You know, they didn't have like – Funky rules, like I know some sites have, is like one at a time or only electric together or whatever. Uh, they were all just like, yeah, you know, we we all know the dangers of being in the air. We try to stay away from each other the best we can. And nice. <laughs> just know that if you hit me, it's going to cost you eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But really, these guys were the greatest guys. Fantastic. Now they have a pa- they have a paved runway as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you said this is a park. It's not like uh, you have to have a membership to go to this place. It's a park park, right? Uh, well, no. In this case, these guys lease the space oh, okay. from, this, from the county, I think. Right. I think it's the county. Right. You have to be an AMA member to fly there, and you could be a guest for a couple of times. You know, They prefer that you pay the landing fee if you're going to oh, okay. keep All coming right. back. No, that makes fair. sense, right? I mean – I, in fact, I told him, I said, look, if there's a landing fee, I'm happy to pay it. It's no, no big deal. But he said, no, you're a guest. It's fine. Come fly. Wow, that's awesome. And so I did break the cardinal rule, Jay. I only had one plane with me. Well, that's understandable. You well, did come from Alaska, so we'll, we'll you know, that's I, true. we can we fudge that you. rule. But yeah, you normally would have to take two or three. Yeah, but I didn't crash it. So the good news is that when we were flying there, it wasn't very windy most of the time, but there was a couple of times where it got kind of, you know, blowing around. I had the Nano in the air, and it was flying with understabilizer. The stabilizer just get buffeted around, but as long as I didn't panic about it, the stabilizer would put it back in space, and it would fly around. Now, I imagine if I was flying FPV, it would have been a little rocky for me, mm-hmm. like it would have been you know, kind of maybe irritating or something. 
for the most part, it was a, a pretty decent flight. So now that you've you, you got a couple of hours flying the Nano, is there anything else that you realize about the aircraft, taking it apart, putting it back together? Like when you had it down there, did you have it together the whole time or would you put it in a box and take it all apart? And what were you doing? I mean, now that you have a couple of hours of playing with it and using it, and what things have you found out? As far as transporting it goes, I just took it apart, put it in the box, and brought it down to my sister's in my suitcase. The suitcase I had was sufficient to keep it from being crushed under load, so it didn't seem like the box got affected in any way. So I was happy about that. I was afraid that, you know, the Samsonite commercial with the 800-pound gorilla was going to sit on my bag and and crush it, you know. It was going to be a flat nano instead of just a regular nano. Yeah, exactly. That didn't happen, thankfully. When I got to my sister's, I put it together, and I just left it together. Because there's no reason to take it apart. I mean, like it wasn't like it was in the way. It's not a big plane. Right. It didn't take up a whole room or anything. So I just – I had it in my room with me. It had to move it around every once in a while because I was doing stuff. I just left it together. Traveling with it is not a big deal either, right? Because it doesn't have to – it's not like it's so big you have to take the wings off to travel, right? Like mean in a car? Yes. Yeah, so going to the site, I just left it together. Okay. So you just threw it in the yeah. trunk or back seat or somewhere? Yeah. Yep, threw it in the back and – in fact, I had more problems with my batteries sliding around than I did anything else, you know, because yeah. the batteries weren't really contained in anything. Uh, I had a, a lipo bag. I tried to separate the ones that had been used against the ones that weren't, and then they were loose. and So those slid around a little bit. But other than that, that wasn't that challenging to do. Now, launching that aircraft, it has like three different modes, right? It has like a launch mode. The stabilized mode, and then you can take the modes off, right? Now that you had right. some, because I know when I talked to you before, you hadn't really played with that stuff. How? What was your normal takeoff landing? What? How are you usually flying it? From the word go, the first from the first flight, I used the launch mode, and it's awesome. I mean, that perspective of flying it for the first time, I was really, really okay, nervous. Wait, so wait, what is the launch mode? Launch mode is uh, is basically three axis stabilization. Oh, what okay. it is. It's a button or switch? It's a, it's switch. It's a switch. It's a three-mode oh, switch, uh, you know, up, right. down, middle, okay. whatever. Oh, the launch mode. Yeah. But it adds in more elevator, right, when you flip it. Yeah. That's right. Uh, there's uh, That's right. It has a, a, a little bit of up elevator. Because there's torque on takeoff, it tweaks one of the uh, ailerons. So you won't roll. So you, or, oh, or right. Torque so won't, so that won't you, roll. No torque roll. That's right. Then it's just, you know – Three-quarter stick or whatever, toss it in the air, and it's straight as, straight as an arrow up. You know, you don't have to worry about how it's going to fly. I threw it in wind, not in wind, whatever, and it behaved as expected or as I would want it to each time. So I was really happy with how that thing performed that way. I never flew it in the no stabilization mode because when I first started flying it, it's very, very sensitive, and so I tried to fly it without stabilization and that plane was rocking and rolling i mean i i I couldn't control it so i just left it in stabilization mode when i get it down to two cents of flight then i'll (laughs) then i'll probably take it back out of that if you ever destroy that take that uh receiver rather and put it in your me 109 that'll probably settle that thing down too well, it actually it encourages me to put something like that in my ME one uh, 163, 163. Okay. Oh, what yeah. I say? One, and, uh, 109. Yeah, that's a, yeah, 109. A yeah, yeah, but the 163 yeah. probably could use that sort of thing, especially right. on takeoff because uh, it has its challenges. So mostly, though, after you, I launch it, it doesn't fly very well in launch mode. I mean, because it's not really not very receptive to input. Put it to six-axis six, uh, stabilization and... 
It flies very nice. Okay. So how high did you have to get it up to turn the st- to turn the launch mode? I mean, the launch mode just to get it to where both hands are on the controller, or do you actually use it to get up to an altitude, like a glider? Oh, for me, I put it in launch mode, tossed it, and then as soon as I could get my finger in a position where the button for the stabilization mode was there, I'd flick the button into stabilization. Because by the time I could mm-hmm. do that, it was plenty high, plenty in a good spot for me to see it and turn. Oh, I got gotcha. okay. you. know, or, or and fly. Now, is this an ASX three like a Spectrum, or is it another brand? Oh, so no. it's a totally different brand. It's a yeah, I don't even know uh, what the name of it is. So, Chinese so, brand. So H so HD. Yeah, but I don't think they make Z O H D, but I don't think they make the stabilizer. Yeah, I don't know who I don't think it's theirs. I think in they it, just but they're using I I don't know. A lot a lot of the stuff, once again from China, yeah. they're using the stabilization on a couple of wings. On my version of Mike's plane, that's the wing version has it in it. And I hadn't played with that stuff, and that's why I was asking Mike, because it's the same board that's in both, it seems to be pretty common in a lot of wings that are coming out of out of out of China right now. But these are all FPV platforms, which is why they have the stabilization, right? I mean, these aren't just normal everyday flyers; they actually have a platform for FPV. I'd agree with that. They, this is a platform for FPV, and I would agree that's probably right. why they have it. But I have to tell you that I bet if if they sold stabilizers like this in all the planes, I mean, people would buy different type planes because having stabilization in like a 3d flyer or whatever would be helpful because sometimes you just can't get the radio configured right to keep it solid. Right. Uh, cause you're, cause you're a beginner or whatever. Well, I can understand that. I I've flown both. I have both, uh, non-stabilized and stabilized 3d type airplanes. So a lot of my foamies don't have, they just have a regular park flyer, you know, type receiver in them. They do take a little more effort to get it to hover or to get it to do rolling, you know, circles or whatever that, you, you know, you might try. I would say that for a beginner, it's probably a little more challenging. But the ones that I have a little bit bigger that do have stabilization in, they do very well. They knife edge very well. They they loop very well. They roll very well. But the problem with the hovering and everything is that it, for me, it's way more than what I want. Initially, when I used the old type of stabilizer systems, I had to dial it down enough to where it was barely there because when I tumbled the airplane or hovered it or did something, I didn't get quite the response. It was still kind of fighting itself. This airplane, because it's an FPV platform, sounds like be more stable, so I wouldn't really want something like right, that in a three. Right, because you wanna you wanna have some stabilization if you're looking heads up through a you know, through eyes that, right. that are on top of this thing. Exactly. You don't want it twitchy, right? Making yourself throw right, up. Right. It's, you know, it's twitching all over the place and you you know, you're hurling. So yeah. So when you when you came down here in Arizona, Jay, um and you brought that little FPV wing it had nothing. I can't it it didn't have any stabilization nope. or anything, and so it was real twitchy, but it wasn't a bad flyer. I mean, because it flew fairly slow, so I think that may be the difference. Mike, does your Nano Talon fly fast, or is it just a loitering type plane? I'd say it can fly really slow, but at the same time, it can move along okay. It's not fast. It's not designed to be a speed demon. It's really just designed to be it's a stable flyer. So yeah, not, I mean, I don't mean like a wing. I mean, there's there's literally no way you could probably put an FPV in our wings. I mean, at a hundred and something miles an hour, it's kind of crazy. But at the same time, it's actually tough wings that we fly. 
we're actually designed with a camera. In fact, mine has a hole that you can put a camera in there to point down and fly. It's designed yeah, to have ones. that gear the, the in version there. version after ours, oh. Mike. Mm. Well, there yeah. you go. Easy, I didn't know that. Well, but still, I mean, I would think that if you had something that was in that mid, slow to mid-range, you wouldn't want something that was, you know, three-digit speed-wise. It's just hard to kind of visualize. You know. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, that makes good sense. The thing that talks most about the Nano on RC groups, as a good example, is that the Nano doesn't do a good job in the wind keeping itself level. So it rocks mm-hmm. a little bit because the wind, it's light enough, the wind just buffets it around. Sure. There's some really good mods there um, on the plane. Was it horizontal stabilizers on the wings? Is that right? On the tail. No, vertical yeah, stabilizers. No, on the on the wings. He put them. One guy put them on the wings. Oh, are they out at the wingtips? They keep the wings. In the real world, we call them sharklets or you know wingtip. Yeah. Thing. Yep. And so he he put that, and he said that really helped to stabilize winglets. a little bit. That's what we call them, winglets. Mm-hmm. Winglets. Yeah. It's probably not the best platform for FPV, but it's going to be great for the first time that I do it because I'm comfortable with it. It can handle the weight. Watching guys talk about, you know, batteries and weight and how much it could hold and how long it flies. I'll, I'm pretty sure that whatever happens in terms of weight or whatever I put on this plane, it'll be plenty good enough to manage, you know, what I put in it. And it'll I'll be plenty happy with what I'm going to do with it. I don't see myself flying for an hour or something doing FPV stuff, you know, 20 minutes max and flying around looking at stuff. I'll probably get bored well before yeah, you that. say that. I don't now. know. <laughs> you start yeah, well, at the power I, that's plan. why I said also, I we'll don't have know. To do definitely have right? a, uh, we'll have to because do, I just definitely don't have know. a podcast on your first FPV flight because <laughs> what you think it is and yeah. what it is are two different things. So, so literally, have you, have you not flown FPV before? I have not flown. I've always, I've taken a ride. But you've never been at the controls? No. Oh, I did not know that. Wow, I didn't realize that. I, I thought I was the uh, the junior in this thing, but I guess I'm not. Because I've actually flown a quad FPV and an airplane FPV. Jay has a quad that I flew around in the yard and over at the park, and he also has an airplane that I flew. Both of them were FPV. Okay, I've flown a quad FPV, but I haven't flown an airplane oh, Okay, FPV. so you have FPV experience by wearing the goggles and flying, but just in the quad mode. Okay. Yeah, and Jay's, take, Jay's taking me up on his plane, too. I can't say I've been a, a pilot gotcha. in command for it. Right. I mean, really. Well, yeah, I actually flew that little um, the little wing that he had last time that he brought in, and it was pretty fun um, until the thing gets into some weird spin. and then Yeah, it has, it has, it has some issues. I, I don't know. You know. But it, it's weird for me to try and figure it out because I'm spinning around, but I'm not really sure the way it was tumbling around. I couldn't get a good sight on the horizon to figure out which way it was going, so I just kind of – Pointed it at the ground and pulled the power and whacked it right into the <laughs> yeah into the nose. I think on one of the other podcasts, it, I told him that uh, it was very awkward and unsettling for a pilot to watch myself crash through the FPV. <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm watching the ground coming up, and I'm like ah, and, and then yeah, walk away well, from it. Yeah, that too. But I just is very unsettling watching the ground rise up at me and not being able to do anything about it. So. <laughs> I totally understand. That's pretty good. Now, so Mike, if you if you were to go out in the early wee hours of the morning and no wind, beautiful day, nice calm, and try FPV in your Nano Talon, the stabilizers and everything you just talked about would probably be very beneficial. Oh, no question, no question. But it's just that 
That would be the so only I, way I'd I don't, do it. Yeah. Honestly. So I mean, if my first uh, your very first time, I don't think I'd go out in a ten mile an hour wing, you know, wind with clouds and and snow all over the place. But what I'm saying is, is that if airplane was designed for that one day of being just a beautiful day, getting used to that and then jumping into a wind is probably more uh, likely than than just trying to do it on you know one of the worst wind days in Alaska. Well, one of the things for sure I'll be doing is flying with somebody. It's because a plus. doing that by yourself just doesn't seem like a good idea. I think it's against the AMA regulations generally, but it just doesn't seem like a good idea anyway. Right. Because let's say I get in the air and I'm by myself and fly, everything's flying and I'm doing fantastic. But you don't get a good sense of how far nope. away it is nope. from you. The indicators aren't very good at that. Now, I, I may, that may turn out to be different or wrong uh, as I put stuff together. But based on what I can tell so far, my limited experience, it doesn't say it's 200 feet from you. No. It might say it's going up at 200 feet. If I remember right, and Jay and I were flying his FPV Bixler or something like that, I was watching on the monitor while he was flying, and I would watch him go up. And he's like, where am I? Well, you're above us. You're right above us. Oh, well, I couldldn't right. tell that. And you, look at, and you look at the monitor, and it's like there's nothing there that could tell you even with the horizon that he could see where he was relative right. and, to And remember, us. I got lost, even really though I was flying right above us, and that was the problem. I was right above us, and things didn't look the same as opposed to when you're on the ground, even though I knew the site very well. Mm-hmm. And you also get the, oh, what's over there? Itis. And that, that was another bad thing. You go, oh, what's, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just going to fly a little bit further over <laughs> hey, there, I, a little bit yeah, further exactly. over there. Yeah, so he's flying this plane out over these trees, Going to see stuff. I mean, there was nobody around. It was it was a good place to be flying, right? So we're going. I said, you know, Jay, you're at the edge of what I can see. Well, that's fine. I can still see the site. I said, yeah, Jay, but I don't know which way you're <laughs> pointed. Now we're getting into, and if you have to take off your mask for whatever reason, you're not going to be able to see right. where it is because I'm I'm tracking and I'm having trouble keeping track. He grumbled a little bit and said, all right, I'll turn it around. It was funny was because the wind was blowing where he, where he was coming in from, he actually couldn't come right back. He was fighting the wind, positioning, right. and he's like, am I coming back? I don't know, Jay. I still can't see it very well. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's too funny. The whole time, it was we were both sort of a little right. worried about, you know, he had plenty of battery and that sort of thing, but we were so sort of worried. It's like, is he really coming well, back? Well, don't forget, flying Mike, away further? even though it was a good day when we went out there, what came blowing in over the mountains? Do you remember? Um, some, some, yeah, some clouds. clouds. It was like a snowstorm that was coming in. And the next thing I know, I was getting up in the clouds. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not good to get into the, you know, I can see the storm coming and I'm getting into the front edges of the clouds. Mike can barely see me. I can barely get back. I'm not really sure where the field is. It's not like you can hear the plane. Oh, I think you're right above us. You know, it wasn't anything like that. Right. right. It turned no out indicators what, at all. it was going to be a nice, safe, easy first flight into a very harrowing, Oh, and because of the storm front coming in, the winds were picking up. So by the time I landed, it was gusting pretty good. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was quite an eye opener for me. That was my first FP real FPV flight. Definitely have some people, kind of have a plan. And, and it was kind of funny because, like you said, when you take your goggles off, because Mike finally could see the plane. And he's like, "Okay, man, you're coming back the right way." Blah 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 blah. And I go, "Okay, I I see the field. Now I have to take the goggles off and." guide the plane down to the ground. And I whip my, you know, I could see where he was. I could see where the runway was. I was all lined up. I rip off my goggles and I had no clue where I was at. 
<laughs> I'm just looking at the wow. sky going, uh, it's a white day. Oh, and I think the plane was white. I, I didn't have any color, real colors. Yeah. Yeah, so it I, was. I was doing everything wrong. So, yeah. If you get a chance, you can go back and listen to our episode on Flying for the Blind. Yes, there was truly, I was flying for the blind. But remember, <laughs> when you're flying an FPV plane, you know, at least in my mind, what do I need color my plane for? Because I'm fly- I'm inside right. the plane. So I don't, I can't that's see the color. True. But that's one of those things I didn't realize at the time. It's not so much for me. It's for the spotter. Right. It's for everybody else. And it's for that last, oh, I don't know, 100 feet, you know, <laughs> when you're about to land that you, you want to be able to find your plane quick. And that was my first run at being a spotter right, right. as well. So I didn't really know what – like one of the first things that Jay and I had ran into right out of the gate was I say something and the way he interpreted it was different yeah, didn't from go what over. I was saying. So it seemed like – so he seemed like he – yeah, so it seemed like he understood what I was saying and the way he was reacting made me feel like he understood what I was saying. But in reality, after a little bit of time, I realized, oh, all right, he doesn't really get what I'm saying. <laughs> It just happens to be that what he was thinking and what I was saying were somewhat right. similar enough that he could move along. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, so that was fun. You were going to say, I interrupted. Yeah, if I, if I can give you an idea of what it was like. Okay, so remember the first time you went driving with your parents? You're yeah. 15, 16, you're driving. You know, your dad or your mom's like, okay, you need to slow down and make a ride up here. You know, uh, what speed are you going? And you're like, huh, what? And they're like, well, I think you're going a little fast. How, how, how fast are you going? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're, you, right. What's your speedometer say? I, I don't know. What does it say? What do you mean? I'm just looking <laughs> out the road, just drive, trying out to front. you know drive straight. I, I don't know what the right. I don't know what indicators or you know looking at speed. What what? I'm just looking at the highway, trying to stay in between the little lines. Right. You know, you get so excited, and you get so fixated, and just trying to do the one task, and that's what the problem was. I had a nice heads up display to give me altitude, speed. You know, it was telling me my climb indicator. Blah 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 blah. I had all this great information. And all I was like looking out the window, you know, wow, I'm flying. <laughs> That's all I was. Oh, boy, I'm flying. I think I'm climbing. Oh, and also to Squirrel. top it off, my camera was tilted at the wrong angle. You know, when I had it coming out of the body of the plane, I had it right. tilted slightly down. Of course, you know, since I've flown before and stuff, I was trying to get the horizon, you know, the, the horizon as I was looking at it so I could tell where I was going. Well, even though the plane was telling me the horizon was flat, well, the camera's pointed down. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm flying down. You know, it was an optical illusion. I'm flying straight and level. You know, and right. that's all my what my instruments were telling me. You know how it is, Mike. I wasn't believing my instruments, sure. right? I'm like, oh, but I can't sure. see the I right. can't see the sky. I can't see the horizon. And I'd pick my head up. And after a while I go, huh, this is really weird. Hey Mike, where am I? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, You you climbed up into those clouds like five minutes ago. I don't know where you're what you're doing. And I'm like, Whoa. I didn't realize I was climbing so much because I I kept picking the head my picking my view up. Well, it was making me right. climb higher and higher, go slower and slower, and then I stalled out. And then Mike goes, hey, I see you now. Uh, well, it's because I stalled, and I came down the spiral, and I fell out of the clouds, <laughs> and then I picked up speed and was able to fly. And he's like, oh, there you are. Hey, that was really cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> but I actually stalled. It, it just worked out. But you know, we'll probably do another podcast on that. It was really harrowing. But yeah, definitely what Mike said. Have somebody else out there with you. What you think's going to happen is n- what reality is. It's just one of those things you're right. so – daunted just trying to keep the plane flying what's my airspeed how fast am i really flying what the wind is doing to you where it's pushing you because that was the other thing like mike said ak mike was saying it just blew me all over the field and i didn't realize it yeah but it still was fun very fun well we kind of got off on the fpv portion uh in this part 
we probably ought to tell everybody that in order to fly FPV, you really should have a ham radio license. And I think that the really cool thing was, is that I just was with uh, my brother-in-law. He was with a group of guys and they are actually offering, I think it's this weekend, local club is offering a technician's license that you can, they, they, it starts at like nine o'clock on Saturday uh, and I'm working, unfortunately, but you can go and then they will walk you through and, and get you your technician's license, which I believe is what you need to fly right. FPV. Right. And we had an episode last year uh, flying FPV in Doug Leroy down in North Carolina. He uh, he yeah. m- made mention that we really should tell our listeners, since we have a worldwide audience, that they need to be cr- properly licensed to do the FPV stuff. So take a look uh, uh, in that. I know with the crazy drone sales that they had over Christmas. I went out into my neighborhood and there's probably five or six guys with drones that are all flying around with FPV stuff. And I know for a fact that they don't advertise, you know, on the side of the box. Nothing. supposed to have licensing, but it is proper to do that. And, and I don't want to get in trouble again this time for not mentioning it. So we, we really should mention that you should have a technician's license. So Mike, why is that? It doesn't seem like you should need to. Why would you need a ham radio license? Does it make sense? That's a good question for Doug. We're uh, probably going to have him on this year and uh, we'll get him to answer some of those because I honestly do not right. know. It's uh, something that uh, he's more of an expert at that and probably a good resource to ask. So okay. Email us and tell us why, but we'll have him on a podcast and, and he can explain all of that. You can ask him. That sounds like a good <laughs> idea. So I have one more thing sure. I want to talk about with my trip. And that is the last site. This is the site I was telling you about where the number is 152. Um, I was right about that number. Club 152. This is the San Fernando Valley Flyers. Now, I met Jason Mansfield, who is not currently – he's a member, but he's not currently an officer. We talked about it. And one of the things I I, I find interesting about the different clubs I talked to were they all had very similar – stories they weren't all the, they weren't the same but the basic thing is you know the club has a little bit of a rocky past in some cases some events happen some people in the club behaved a little out of norm to cause some trouble maybe that caused people to quit or any you know but I, but it seemed like the same old mm-hmm. story right. right i mean it seem, seems like every club i've talked to has some kind of story like that. We lost our site. We didn't have a site. We were trying to get a new site. These are the adventures of our, our club, and we did all these things. And I thought that was very interesting. And Jason had some stories about that, and I actually hope to to reach out to him at some point and talk to him as well. But the site for the San Fernando Valley Flyers is actually jointly, I don't know, held. It's on the same spot as... Public RC Park. Public RC Park. Like the one we have here? Yeah. Yours is, uh, you, you, you mean like at, at the park? Yep, it's just a city well, that's, park and it's designated but that's not for a, flyers. No, no, that's not an official flying site of the city, right? Uh, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, the city has deemed it a flying park? That I is didn't correct, that. yes. Okay, well, in this case, it is deemed a flying park, but it actually has flying area and, Benches. you know. Gotcha. Ben, run benches and okay, and, and it's a very big. I got a section for control line to fly, area where you should be flying your helicopters. Right. Very nicely laid out. The unfortunate thing is, I think it's right near the Vinay's Airport or Burbank Airport or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they have 
occasional problems or potential problems with the Burbank Airport. And then there's a golf course that evidently some flyers can't figure out how to stay (laughs) inside the flying area, which is massive, by the way. Yeah, the park, you mean? Yeah, I guess the I guess the golf course has magnetic <laughs> properties that bring your plane over. There. I, I I don't know. I mean, you really have to be a poor flyer to have lost control of the plane completely. I'll give you that that you could fly in there, but you'd really have to be a bad flyer to fly into the into the golf course. It's that far away wow. from where you should be flying. Right. The San Fernando Valley flyers basically have a a place where they fly their stuff. And it's right next to this other public park. So I, I showed up this flight. I can't remember. I must have just found it on the internet or whatever. We happened to be nearby. And so I was like, hey, let's go over there and go see it. And so my brother-in-law and my nephew went with us. We went went to the park. We get there. And, of course, all the guys on the flight line, they all have huge, I mean huge planes. <laughs> Big planes. Yeah. And so I got my Nano, right? <laughs> this, this thing is it's like fit in the wheel well of one of their planes. I mean <laughs> – but they were very gracious people. I didn't get to all their names and didn't yeah, – I did meet a few of them, but I didn't get all their names and we didn't talk very much. It, it was really windy there and I really didn't want to fly. It made me very nervous to fly there. But that's when I learned that the six-axis stabilization worked just fine. Gotcha. I actually did some loops and barrel rolls and stuff like that out there. I felt safe doing that there because I knew if the plane went down, I'd be able to find it. I mean, the place was that big. Wow. It was a very nice site. And it had and a paved runway as well? Or was it grass? They had a paved runway. Yeah, no, it was all okay. paved. It's very beautifully laid out. Everyone's very nice uh, that I ran into. There wasn't a single person there that I didn't want to hang around. I heard from some of the guys talking, just jabbering on about different things like we do. Saying, yeah, remember that one guy who came over here? He had that crazy plane and he couldn't keep it on the, you know, couldn't keep it over the flying area. And so everybody always has that story of of some guy. And maybe he's from out of town or whatever. Sure. And I'm sure, I, I feel confident that they, they were like, remember that dude that brought that like tiny six-inch plane? Flew <laughs> yeah. it in 10 mile yeah, an hour winds. Alaska. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're, you're going to be a story in their little club now Exactly. Yeah, brought that little I mean, maybe that's... thing that could fit in our wheel well. <laughs> Tried to fly. Exactly. It. So, what was one of the interesting things? Because it was windy, their planes were bigger, and they had you know the they could penetrate the wind with nobody's business, right? So, I'm coming against the wind. And it's like, you know, you imagine just like a little right. putter trying to go. And I, I, the only way I could fly against the wind was fly down, like point the plane toward the ground, and so I could penetrate the wind, and so I could get. You know, full throttle pointed down, <laughs> and then I could actually go forward. And it wouldn't go down either, right? The wind was blowing enough right. that it was staying level. That was always fun. But then coming back, of course, you're with the wind, right? Right. And it's like a piece of paper, like a piece of paper in the wind, boom, right on by. So I had a great time. I, I imagine those guys are worried that my plane would get stuck in the tooth <laughs> of their plane and they'd have to get some floss and get some it out floss. or something. Get that little toothpick out of here. Yeah, exactly. I had a great time being there. It was awesome to be at a site that had been there so long. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. Again, I was just yeah. amazed that the number was 152. There's got to be a story there, right, right? Right. In terms of that, getting that site. And I, I wonder if there's anybody out and about who 
knows the story and is want, want, would want to spend some time telling us because to me, that's got to be a great story. Yeah. The part where you're talking about the wind reminded me, um, remember those pizza boxes we used to fly around, Jay? I think you had one oh, yeah. more orange or whatever. Anyway, they were just a little round pizza box and it had like a little Elevon in the back. And yeah, it was just blue core. Yeah, just a little blue core thing. I had one of those that I had made after I saw yours. And my kid was really young. He was, I think, still in elementary school or whatever. And anyway, back then, I was out at the bus stop. I would entertain the kids by flying around. And one time, Mike, the wind was blowing really howling, like what you were just talking about. And I threw this thing, and it only worked off like a three-cell battery. It had one of those little blue core, you know, blue wonder motors. And it was blue core. And the wind was howling so bad that this airplane, I couldn't. I was at full throttle trying to come back. And it was literally going backwards. That's funny. I'd fly a little bit, and I'd gain a little altitude, and I'd try to dive into the wind. And then as I slowed up, it would go backwards again. And I kept, it kept getting further and further away. So I told all the kids, I'm like, go get my airplane. So they all took off running across this big field. I, I felt terrible because right as they got about halfway through the field, the bus came around the corner to go to school, <laughs> and they're all running the other direction. And I'm like, okay, forget the airplane. Go back for the bus, you know, and – they're all trying to catch this airplane, and I'm like hovering it, trying to get them to uh, to get it back to me. And they uh, anyway, one of the kids finally found it, and then they all realized the bus was there, so they had to, you know, run back to the bus because the bus driver didn't want to wait for them. That's going to be the best memory. That's going to be the best memory for them, Mike. Uh, I'm, I, Remember I'm when hoping. we almost missed the bus <laughs> because of that, that crazy man the, yeah, made us go man. chase it. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, there was a crazy old guy who used to live on my I block. Know, right? <laughs> well, the kids really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I'd go out there every morning while I was standing there at the bus station with my kid and. Or at the bus stop, actually, and fly those airplanes around, and they'd always they always loved it. It was fun. I would love to hear a story from one of those kids that maybe they like they got engaged with flying or something at some future time because of that. I mean, that would be oh, that would cool. be kind of cool. Knowing my kid, he didn't have anything to do with that, so I don't know. It'd have to be some other child. <laughs> it wasn't mine. Isn't that? Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Man, I'm saying other kids. I'm not saying that your kid doesn't like it or not, but I'm just saying it would be nice to hear from those kids what they thought of that or what if it inspired them in any way. Well, I will tell you that we're going to give a shout out to Nicholas Turner. Uh, Nick is out in North Carolina, I believe as well. He's in the little group that Doug Leroy has. And he sent us a pretty lengthy email, which was really great. Nicholas, we appreciate that. We're always looking for, you know, stories, but he says by, you know, by the way, he grew up in this and the stories and memories, which people make are just fantastic. So, I agree with you there, Mike, that, you know, even in Nicholas's case, you know, he looks back in his growing up and, and has fond memories of flying RC with either, you know, his family or dad or uncles or whoever. And, you know, all of us have those kind of a stories that we can kind of look back on. And the reason we're still in the hobby, I think, is because of that. Right? I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, my my first airplane was that Cox, the Cox airplane. Uh, I don't know about that because I like flying. We were talking about this before, Arizona, Mike. True. You know, yeah. you had a son, a young son, school school age. Okay, let me just put it this way. If my dad, I don't know, rode dirt bikes, flew RC planes, and did all that <laughs> stuff, I would have been all yeah, into well, it. I would have loved it. Sure. I would have been like, oh, dad, can we go fly? Can right. we go fly? Can we take that plane down? Can we go fly that? I would have been all over that, you know? Unfortunately, I had girls. <laughs> you know, can I bake a cake? Uh, yeah, okay. Hey, but look at this plane. Yeah, okay, whatever, Dad. No, you know, either. they had no interest in it whatsoever. No. Nope, you had a young son, so maybe he right. might have an interest in it, but he 
didn't. Other than he'd come out and watch us or he'd watch you a couple of times. Hey, can I go out there? Can you teach me how to fly? Nothing. I, I just, to me, that's just the, yes. I don't know, yes. fate, irony to have the stuff and kids nothing well you know the good news is i get a second chance with a grandson or two or even a granddaughter because there's a lot of girls that fly rc i'm not saying that they don't and well in uh, fact in fact i i I think my kids would have would have been more into it but i was too i was too nervous about stuff crashing or whatever i was a terrible teacher Stop for my for stop my girls that. it's like it's like yeah i mean I, I i i the fact that my kids are you know even willing to talk to me about flying is shows <laughs> great courage like, on their that's part an accomplishment I mean, in itself right i was I, it took me too long to learn how to mellow out with right. regard to all that stuff um unfortunately that meant that they didn't like any of the rc stuff because I, sure. I feel pretty confident i scared them right out of it <laughs> Well, we forgive you for that, Mike. <laughs> Scaring and I, kids and I forgive myself. It's, it's just a yeah. shame. I was going to say, you scare <laughs> us. When you still fly. scare yourself you about? About most of your stories. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Diving I, for cover. I, I don't think that's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think his feelings are hurt now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We were all up there with the maiden of that ME, man. That, oh, that was man. A, Holy a crap. Time. Yeah, that thing was crazy. We'll save that for another show. Well, uh, Jay, have you been flying out at your field at all? What have you been doing? Unfortunately, I have not. It's been cold here, actually, like freezing type weather. And I've decided I didn't want to go flying uh, during that kind of chilly uh, weather. So I haven't been out flying. I've been playing with my well, one of my Christmas gifts. I, I got a little nano 3D quad, and I've been playing with that inside the house. And I've been having a Did blast. Did you hear that, Mike? It's, he it's was a too great cold to go outside. I heard him say that, and I thought to myself, you know, we've gone out in freezing weather. I mean, we've gone <laughs> know, out. Right? He, he and I have gone out in 20-degree weather and been okay with it. Like, we didn't spend, like, 10 minutes out. We spent, like, hours outside in 20-degree weather. To hear him say that, I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, what I'm... has happened to Jay? <laughs> what a, where yeah, where what is a wuss. he? I'm getting converted. Well, you too, Mike. If you come down to the lower 48, especially in an area like mine, we'll succumb to the, hey, it's warm weather all the time. Because while you guys are freezing, it's 78 degrees outside. Beautiful day. And unfortunately, I'm working. So I get to see the beautiful day as I'm passing through it. But I don't actually get to, yes, I don't get to use it. Well, that was one thing that was true about California. I was telling my sisters, like, I could never Mm -hmm. move down here. She's like, why? Because I'd never go to work. I mean, you know, except for when the Santa Anna's come through, which is a couple weeks out of the year when they're blowing like crazy. I'd be at work. I was like, oh, Mike showed up at work for three weeks and then he's gone again. (laughs) Where'd he go? Yeah, he only comes on rainy days, hurricanes, or (laughs) Santa Anna's when all the the wildfires are burning. Then he he seems to come into work. It's like, why, why is Mike here always when the disasters are going on? Right. Natural disasters. Mike shows up for work. Yeah, Mike's Mike's there at work. When the night when it's nice weather out, he's gone. It's um, awesome that you were able to spend time down there, and we really appreciate uh, you know the fact that he was able to go out and meet some of these guys, and hopefully they'll uh, start listening to our podcast and send us a note and tell us uh, you know what they they would like to hear. It's hard to believe that we're halfway through the first month of the year. It's crazy. I, I don't know where time has gone already. I mean, we were just doing the Christmas. Uh, it's because we're getting older. Because when we were younger, time didn't seem to go that fast. It was like, right, go to your exactly. room. Oh, man, for how long? You know, you have to be in there for an hour or two studying. Oh, and now, like you said, 
a day or two, I'll be like, hey, what's today? Next week or it's it's Saturday. Right. It is? Wasn't it Saturday like just yesterday? Uh, no, that was a week or two weeks ago that Man, you're talking about. It's terrible. I feel like, yeah, it's I bad. Feel like we were just doing it's, you know, it's real bad for me. stuff and now it's end of January. It's crazy. Well, we're already we're already starting to plan for, you know, February because it's going to be here before you know it, right? Right. Yeah, it's, it'll be and here a yeah. couple of weeks actually. So, so we got the festival to go exciting. to. It's crazy. Yeah, everybody will come down and and it's uh it's just crazy. We got a good year planned. I think we've had a meeting or two and there's there's some good stuff on the horizon with uh Mike and some of these club members that have volunteered to join us on the podcast. We just have to kind of set dates to get, uh, you know, all straightened out. So we yeah, we'll get it worked out with Doug and, and yeah. So a bunch of good topics. Uh, we are uh, still kind of hanging in there for the park flyers. I think it'll be a good season this year. Well, I'm looking forward to it, bud. Can't wait. Well, I, unfortunately our hour's about up. Mike, appreciate you uh, putting forth the effort to bring us, the on the what did what did you call it jay on the road reporting that's roving right reporter our, our roving reporter that was nice of you well i had a really i had a good time yeah jay and i need to actually get out and visit some more clubs too i think the sun valley flyer guys i'm gonna spend some time with them and chat with a couple of those guys maybe we can you know kind of get those guys involved too so jet rally jet um, rally you know that's what i want to yeah. do jet rally yeah i'm actually thinking about going to one of the other bigger events this year like the ama show or something yeah, or, or the one that South Carolina, I can't remember the name of it, uh, Triple Tree Joe. Oh, yeah, the like uh, the Southeast uh, Electric Festival, I think is what it is, S-E-E-F or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you've got or, family. Or maybe one of, the, or one of the flight test ones, and I think I would have a good time Flight test would be good, too, if we should do that. Then we could kind of actually meet the uh, the other podcaster guys. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Be, uh, what, what if we did that? We'd have to show up, all three of us would have to come in there. And have T-shirts, yes, of course. absolutely. <laughs> we'll have to make some. Well, from uh, Mike here in Arizona, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, hope to see you here in two weeks. Signing off, I'm Michael. And I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And I'm Mike from Alaska. Well, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.